We're good. You ready? Yep. If you guys want to work with us, you can actually book a call down below, a buyer or seller consult, or even just to chat about the market. Our calendar is down below. This is episode 32 of the Canadian Real Estate Homefront Podcast. I'm with my co-host, Brooke Hicks, and we (laughs) are going to start off with Canadian inflation falling. Canadian inflation. So I put out a video that, no, a story on my Instagram that was predicting 3.3. <laughs> it came in at 3.1. So I was close. close. Yeah, I was bad. close. Not and bad. We're on the other side of my guess, which is good. Yeah. That so was high. Um, but yeah, no, that's good to see, especially for variable rate holders that are struggling. <laughs> you might see rates come down next yeah, year. But they're liking that news. Yeah. A little bit more detailed information for you guys. Um, so according to StatsCan, uh, inflation rose 3.3. 1% year over year in October, down from 3.8% in September. On a monthly basis, the CPI edged up 0.1%. So that's interesting because we had the neg- two negative. That was, oh, I think that was GDP. GDP. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Ignore me. Ignore, me. <laughs> Ignore. <laughs> The annual deceleration was largely driven by falling gasoline prices, which declined 7.8%, due in part to an ongoing base year effect. A significant driver of the latter was the price of rent, which rose 8.2% year over year on a national basis on the heels of a 7.3% jump in September. Locally, the largest increases were seen in Nova Scotia at 14.6%, Alberta 9.9%, BC 9.1%, and Quebec 9.1%. Property taxes and other special charges, which are priced annually in October, rose 4.9%, marking the largest national increase since October of 1992. The acceleration was a significant driver of the monthly increase in the CPI. Yeah, so a few things to take away from that, because I know it's just like... A bunch of information thrown at you. Yeah, but it's also (laughs) just like headlines that like everyone posts, like, I'm getting so sick of seeing realtors and mortgage brokers be like, it's on the way down, you're going to miss the party, go buy today. Like, rates are still high. And I think too, one thing to think about is gasoline being so volatile, which mm-hmm. is oil. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen, right? Like it's, it's the right. biggest decrease, which is amazing, but also it could increase yeah. really quick with all these yeah. global conflicts that we have going on. hundred so. percent. Well, that's why they have different inflation readings, like measures to read inflation, because in a CPI reading, there's tons of very volatile things. So yeah. if you take out the most vol- volatile measures, so when you remove energy, energy and food, yeah. and food um, it was at 3.4%. Yeah, so higher than the actual reading. Higher than yeah, yeah. what it came out as. So it's funny, they say 3.1, but then gas prices just, you know, decrease substantially. Yeah. Which gas prices could go back up with everything happening overseas. Like like I was saying last time, like these things in the world just keep popping up and obviously it's affecting all of the supply chain. It's affecting everything. So yeah. gas could very well go back up, which would then... Yeah, so if gas goes up, obviously we could see inflation rise. Yeah. But it's also interesting to see like they're talking about rents, property taxes, and mortgage payments yeah. all on the rise. And that's just obvious. Yeah, when, obvious. When, when rates rise, it's going to affect rent when you have 500,000 mm-hmm. temporary workers and foreign students and all that come mm-hmm. in. You put pressure on the housing market. And the last time Tiff Macklin talked, I think he talks today. Um, I actually really enjoyed listening to him talk, but he was mm-hmm. talking about monetary policy and fiscal policy rowing in the same direction. And they're currently not doing that right. because the federal government, which is fiscal policy, is spending still. Yeah. 
and allowing a lot of immigration and foreign students yeah. and stuff like that. So, so they need to be yeah. one for it's the system like, to work. <laughs> it's almost like Tick, Tiff Macklin, who, you know, who is working independent of the government. I know people don't believe it. Yeah. And, you know, have whatever opinion you want. But yeah. um, he almost jabbed the federal government saying, yeah. he does please it. stop spending and then I can bring rates down. He literally, some, some of his press releases, he comments on the federal government and their spending very much contributing to where rates are because everybody's blaming Tiff Macklem, who's the governor, because he makes the final call, right? Mm -hmm. But it's because of these other things that are happening, yeah. which is the federal government continuing Spending. to spend. So. And, you know, foreign conflict as well. Right. Yeah. So that's interesting. It'll be good to hear what he has to say. I like listening to him too. Yeah. He's, it's only, it's only like a 45 minute presser yeah, and like, yeah. you'd actually probably enjoy it more than me because sometimes he speaks in French and uh, I, you know don't, what? I don't I speak French. I yeah. listen to it in French. Oh you, yeah. yeah, yeah. Cause sometimes they have people talk over it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I listen to it in French. Um, I also speak French to any, uh, French buyers or sellers out yeah. there. <laughs> so I listen to like press conferences and stuff in French just to like keep it up. Um, but no, he's, he's very well-spoken and he makes it easy to understand because when realtors, I broke it down on Instagram in a reel because it's like, here's the inflation rate. Nobody really is like, what does this mean? Yeah. Even for us, it's like, okay, well, what does that mean? Like, where are things actually? So that's why it's good to see year over year, how much this rose versus this versus this seasonally adjusted things like heat obviously is um, coming down now that it's November. So household spending without that that's you get what i'm saying it's going to be seasonally yeah. adjusted yeah, yeah. so to understand all of the metrics first before i guess talking about it is very important yeah 100 <laughs> percent. also um if you look at the bond yield as well it didn't move it stayed mm. it stayed stagnant but i think it's almost priced in because we had you know the 60 basis points of decreases from the yeah. bond like it, i think it peaked out at 4.4 and we kind of just stayed around 3.8 percent yeah. um and two, I know we do say that the fixed rate follows um, the bond yield, mm. but still big banks have to make moves yeah. and they didn't make much of a move uh, mm -hmm. from my understanding when I was, um, you know, looking at the rates and, and listening yeah. to some mortgage brokers talk. So they didn't actually move the rate too much, which kind of shows how much power these big banks have and kind of what everyone talks about Canada has way too many oligopolies because yep. it's very much price controlled you look at grocery stores yeah um if you look at cell phone plans airlines right. <laughs> well, like even still like inflation being at 3.1 percent at the reading but then if you look at food prices having rose uh like grocery prices wasn't it like in the sixes six percent six point eight or something yeah it was so in the fives it's yeah. always year over year how inflation is red so if you see a reading that is like housing increased nine percent groceries 5.7 whatever it is last year they're five percent less so mm. it's a lot like year over year over year if inflation stays at those numbers like think about 10 years down the road how yeah. much things are going to be so i very much stand behind having inflation two percent per year like even when we talk about condo fees i'm like well they typically increase year over year to a new condo buyer two to three percent usually you know things can happen like lay out all the risks but they're like oh my god two to three percent per year it's like well <laughs> everything is rising at that yeah like keep in mind like your house value over a long period of time you hope to make more than two per th two to three percent per year but mm -hmm. um it seems like a lot when you talk about it in like condo fees but groceries rising almost six percent since last october yeah it's a lot 
Yeah, it is a lot. I, I think too, it, that's the compound effect, right? So if like, if it goes up 5% year over year, and then, you know, it slowly keeps creeping up. You're compounding. It is compounding. Yeah, com- like exactly. It, it ke- yeah. yeah. So I was reading that basically groceries in the last three years are actually up 20%. Right. Because 5% on this price, but then 5% on the you're higher f- price next yeah, yeah. year. It just yeah. compounds. Yeah. 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 So wow. also too, I, I did speak about this in like a quick YouTube video is like realtors and mortgage agents that, you know, you're, you're saying the market's going to go back up. You're saying all these things, right? A, it's a guess. But B, it's like, do you really want prices to go on the rocket ship again? Because we just tested that out. Like seeing a 52% gain or whatever it was during COVID is really dangerous on leveraged money, right? Because you have people becoming very wealthy Mm -hmm. who only put a fraction of the money down that their return is going to be if they sell that asset. And then you're also pricing a lot of people out of the market where those people aren't going to have children And without children, you're not contributing to society as much. And then this is where we have to immigrate a lot of people is because the cost of living is so high. Mm -hmm. And it's funny when you do look at other places as well, like you do strip out Ontario and you strip out BC, the average price does look more affordable. But what we've learned from this podcast is the job um, potential and opportunity isn't the same in other provinces. So they look at that price tag of say 450, which we would be like, wow, that's a great deal for a house. They look at that as actually, well, we're not making 100, 150 at our bank job. Our incomes are are different. different. And even for investment properties too, like you buy an investment property, you're renting it tomorrow and for a very high rent. It's Mm. like vacancy numbers and even estimating vacancy numbers, like factor that in. But if you're in the core, like GTHA, like, and it's a good property, and you're not way overpriced, you're going to rent it right yeah. now, just with the amount of people that are here and come to these dense areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was, I think that was one of our first podcasts where we said, where's the most affordable place to live in Canada? Right? Yeah, it was I one of the first. On the yeah. It was one of the first ones. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, well, Canada's affordable if you take out Toronto and Vancouver. Yeah. And like maybe Montreal downtown, but mm. these are core cities and you look at other cities of the world yeah you just don't live in the cities yeah anyways on to our next topic i know this one kind of hits you a little bit yeah (laughs) okay so this is still very early um but my opinion is we're probably going to see a ban of airbnbs to a certain extent but airbnb troubles ahead so canada tax rule curbs airbnb deductions to ease rental shortages so basically what they're proposing to start in the new year is that they're going to introduce a tax measured to ease a severe rental housing shortage by limiting income tax deductions on short-term rentals on services such as Airbnb and Verbo, joining many countries that are enacting the same similar law. Uh, The new rule applies as of January 1st in provinces and municipalities that bar short-term rentals and affect deductions such as interest expenses, the federal government said in its fall economic statement. So basically going to crack down on short-term rentals bring that supply to the market. I think Christina Freeland, which I don't even know how you measure this, but she said that, who's our finance minister? She said that that'll bring 30,000 additional units to um, long-term rentals. I wonder if anybody without Airbnb or short-term rentals are going to have to be forced to sell just because you usually bring in a lot higher per month. And if you've refinanced it or bought high and ran your pro formas with short-term rental numbers, knowing that, you know, it's highly populated area that does well on Airbnb based Mm -hmm. on similar Like a cottage or something. A cottage. 
a cottage. Oh my God, yeah. I didn't even think about that. The seasonality on that is aggressive. Yeah, nobody's renting a year long for a cottage. Yeah, very rarely. Like, I think I heard some guys talk about they, they've got, they, you know, get a cottage for New Year's or something. Exactly. But, like, what are you doing in November right now? Like, I, I don't think anyone's so, hitting up a cottage. So, having, I have an Airbnb in Hamilton. So, I kind of read a little bit into this, but I think what the government is doing is kind of a blanket law with it um coming january 1st which is what you just read but then city by city they can have bios like in niagara falls you're not even allowed Airbnb. like nope no airbnb is allowed you can be slapped with a hundred thousand dollar fine okay so in hamilton which i've been running an airbnb out of now these new laws are being proposed um so i guess they would be city bylaws municipal bylaws um regulated under that act is i think what it what it would be because each city has different levels of strictness for yeah. having one. So it'd be good to look into your city um, to see what the rules are there. So for Hamilton, and this is going to affect me because I, I have an Airbnb in Hamilton. I'm not impressed with all of this that's happening. But um, if you're thinking of becoming a short-term rental operator, you'll need to spill the details on your property, parking spaces, emergency contacts, your fire escape plan, um, you can't rent more than one dwelling unit on your property, so you can't do both. I have a duplex. Luckily, the basement tenants are long-term. And when it comes to guests, you can only do two persons per sleeping room. Children under two don't count. Insurance is non-negotiable. Crime insurance, liability insurance, every type of insurance. Um, hmm. There was something about 28 days. Da, 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 da. Let's see if it's here. Hmm. You can't rent your property for more than 28 consecutive days if it's not your primary residence, is essentially right. what I read. There's a lot more reading to do on it. Yeah, there's um, a ton of reading to do on this. Because technically my Airbnb is my primary, it's noted as my primary residence right now. <laughs> But I'm not living there. So you're technically allowed to rent out rooms through Airbnb. I actually have a realtor friend that does it. He rents out like four bedrooms in his house and he actually lives with the gas. That's what you can do in BC now only. Yeah. So that's yeah. what they're doing in Hamilton. That's what they're doing in Hamilton. If you live there, you can rent out rooms. But only if it's your primary residence. Only if it's your primary residence. Yeah. Um, but for cottage people to circle back to that, if it's more than 28 consecutive days. So maybe if they're just doing short weekend stays, they'll be okay. There's a lot of conflicting information about it, but I'm diving into it because this is going to affect me as of January 1st. December 1st, you have to apply for a permit in Hamilton to operate a short-term rental. I think it's going to take a long time for this new law and regulations to be in place anyways. Any new rule takes a long time to get sorted. So a yeah. lot of stuff is going to fly under the radar for a little bit until they really start cracking down. And how do they? What, what's their plan? Um, but I'll be on top of that. So anybody that maybe has an Airbnb and has some questions, I plan yeah. to really get the details in a more organized, like point form. Here you go. Yeah. Yeah. sounds good. And then I, I think I was telling you this. So the Canadian tax guy on Twitter, he's a good follow. So short term rental properties are not treated the same as rental properties. There's little to no understanding about tax for short term rental properties. And there's so many key details. This is how you can lose 100000 on your Airbnb. Short-term rental properties are generally treated as commercial property instead of residential rental income. 
And there's a ton, ton of implications on this. A major implication is that you have to self-assess GST slash HST if you convert your short-term rental to a rental property. What does this mean? Let's say two years ago, I buy a property for $1 million in Ontario. I use it as a short-term rental. Then, because of the new rules, I now want to convert my short-term rental to a regular long-term rental property. I may have to self-assess the GST slash HST, meaning I essentially have to charge myself HST on the value of the property and pay that to the CRA. It's a pure cost of I'm, getting, I'm not getting that money back. Assuming the value is $1 million and HST is 13%, that's $130K I pay to the CRA. So few people understand this. This is just one of the many tax implications of having a short-term rental, but there are so many of these situations, some beneficial, some costly. Why would you have to pay HST on the value of your home? Because we're treating it as a commercial and on property. Commercial, instead so of we're not commercial realtors. You pay HST on commercial purchases? I don't think so. Uh, short-term you, rental properties are generally treated why as would commercial you pay, property. You don't pay HST when you purchase a commercial property, though. Are you sure? No, I'm not sure. I'm not a commercial <laughs> realtor. I refer that to my commercial partner. So yeah, I'm, I'm just sure. reading this this thread that I, don't I, think you I do, just though. said. Maybe. Okay. Don't um, even take my word for it. Yeah, don't, don't take Brooks' word for it. Yeah, the tax guy. <laughs> Five units and under. Otherwise, I'm yeah. referring you. Um, but. <sighs> anyway, I don't know. I'm just I'm just looking at a lot of this this new data and saying the federal government is listening to who their voting base is and they want prices to not go up. And yeah. they will throw everything at the housing market. So they I don't think this is the end of it. Oh, 100%. Because the, like you can't just slap somebody with 130000 that you owe because you bought a house, which at the time was allowed to be rented short term. Yeah. And then now you owe 130000 because mm, now we're calling it a commercial. So you owe us 130000 That's no, That's going to cause an uproar. Make it make sense. But um, I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll wait. We'll, we'll try and get you guys more information. This is just new to us as well. So we will... Uh, keep you guys updated on what's going on but it or sounds like ask. i'll know more now this conversation yeah. has my brain spinning because it, it, it was new news it was, it was um, new news it sounds no. like airbnb is is, is going to take a hit if you, if oh, you own their if you own their, if you own their stock left right and center if you own their stock you should probably sell it <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny well no it's um i read a bit about it so i'm happy you brought it up because if you do own a short-term rental it's it'll be important for you to just know that things are changing possibly for you in the new year mm -hmm. um, and just to get educated because the last thing you'll want yeah, is talk, talk to someone like our, uh, we're trying to bring awareness. So yeah. talk to someone who actually does tax for this stuff. Like, it's good to bring in your accountant yeah. and based on what city mm. you operate in, there's going to be a lot of different factors. So don't just take this and, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and make tax and take, yeah. make tax decisions on it. <laughs> okay. Our next topic. So this one actually went around the headlines a lot. Do you want to speak on it? Or you want me to do it? Uh, you can do it. Children of homeowners more more than twice as likely to own a property themselves. So you are more than twice as likely to own a property. Sorry, you're more than twice as likely to own a home if your parents do too. The rate of home ownership amongst Canadians born in the 1990s who parents own a home was 17.4% in 2021, but just 8.1% amongst those whose parents don't own a property. For those whose parents own multiple properties, their ownership rate jumped to 23.8%, revealing a link between parents' uh, parents' housing wealth and their kids' ability to own their own home. So that's interesting, that if your parents own a home, you're more likely to own a home yourselves. I guess that kind of makes sense in a way. Like if your parents own a house, like you see them owning it, you're interested in owning one too. Mm -hmm. And if your parents own multiple properties, you're also going to see that and be like, 
oh, look at my parents owning multiple. Yeah. They're probably going to teach you the way that they did it. Mm-hmm. But also, I do think that it has a lot to do with kids putting down payments on homes and getting the down payment from their parents. I see it all the time as a young a young guy from Oakville. It's, well, it's basically saying if your parents have money, you're more likely to buy a house. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually a nicer way to put the headline. <laughs> that's all it's saying. If, if your parents, parents own, made a lot of money in real yeah. estate, yeah. If your parents have three houses, you're more likely to own a house. Yeah. It's like, well... <laughs> no <duh>. shit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think maybe a little bit has to be like, oh, I want to buy a house too. And your parents telling you how they did it and what they did to get their second one. Things yeah. are a lot different from when they might have purchased though. For sure. But it's probably mortgage like low mortgaged or mortgage free houses by this point if they bought a long time ago. Yeah. So it's just saying if your parents are rich, you might be, you might be <laughs> able, able to, to get a house. Yeah. I still think you can own a house if your parents don't own a house. Like I think in Hamilton, like I see so many opportunities where you look at it's not the nicest neighborhood in the world. You're not, you know, Trinity Bellwoods, downtown Toronto, <laughs> but you can easily get someone in the basement renting that out. It's what I did in, my first house. Yeah, bringing in, you know, you can bring in some income. You can live upstairs. So it it's not impossible rent. to own a home, but it's, you have to make some sacrifices. Yeah. You can rent a Hamilton basement for 2000 like Yeah, that's going to pay bed, a lot of bed. your mortgage. Yeah. And it's cheaper than some places to rent. When I bought my first house, my rate wasn't crazy low. Like, well, okay, compared to my rate now is 7.3. It was 3.5. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived upstairs and I rented my basement and that paid half my mortgage. So it was equivalent to what I would pay in rent. Mm-hmm. But then that property made me a lot of money. Keep in mind, it's long-term we're talking. Like there's yeah, volatility. Years, yeah, 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 don't think overnight you're going to get rich. Some people did, but I wouldn't yeah. use that as your strategy. Yeah. But to live upstairs and rent your basement, also it'll help you qualify for more. Um, you can use market rent for the basement to bump you up. If, you know, say you're looking at a house single family for 600, your mortgage is X, but then that possible basement rental you use to qualify. Now you're bumped up to 700,000. Mm-hmm. It's not that crazy different in a down payment, 20 K difference in a down payment to get you higher, but your mortgage might be less at buying at 700,000 with a basement renter versus 600,000 without a basement renter, just yeah. because they're paying for a yeah. good chunk of it. hundred percent. I think too, I was, I, I saw something in Hamilton where it was like a nice duplex. It was all done. I think it was on the mountain. So, you know, a better area, I think it was 850. So if you had a hundred grand down between you and your partner, let's just as an example, you and your partner have a hundred grand down, you're at 750 K for a mortgage. That's probably about 4k a month, Mm -hmm. roughly. No, it's probably more. I think so. Four, four, 800 is like 5k right now. 5k. Okay. So say you're at four and a half or something. Yeah. So you're four and a half thousand a month. You get someone in the basement. Now you're at two and a half thousand. You're paying 1250 each. Pretty much the same as renting downtown Toronto, but you actually own a house in Hamilton. And a lot of those duplexes were 1.1 to 1.2 in the peak. Yeah. Eventually, and I don't want to give a timestamp on it, but it will go back. Like, inflation is a real thing. Things go up over time. Yeah, you hope hope property is that store of value, but it's an option, right? Like, you can actually not just dream of home ownership. You can probably get there. I know 100,000 isn't just chump change, but if you're saving and, you know, you've been saving for a long time and... Yeah, or you ran the numbers on 100k what's five percent of 850 50k um, actually you have to do okay no. <laughs> ignore me 
the minimum down payment for oh, people, 5%, 5% yeah. up to 500,000. And then yeah. anything above 500,000 is 10%. So on, if we're doing 850, it would be 10% of 350,000, which is 35 grand, plus 5% of 500,000, which is 25 grand, which brings us to 60 grand would be your minimum down payment on an $850,000 house. Yeah. Your land transfer would be pretty minor if it's your first house. Get a little break. Because you get a little break. Uh, pay your lawyer 1500 bucks. So you're all in, call it 65, 66 grand. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you get a gift from mom and dad. Hopefully you get a little gift. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that's eight fifty. Like there's a lot of houses for five fifty. Yeah, yeah. You get something way cheaper. I I just looked at something turnkey, done, nice area in Hamilton. It's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get a renter in, in the basement. Yeah. So that, and that's on the mountain because there's some in that six fifty right now. Yeah, six fifty renter in the basement. You live upstairs. Yep. Let's go. Yeah, (laughs) it can work. So, anyways. I'm sure there's other other regions where you can do that as well. But uh, yeah, those, Hamilton is Brooke's favorite. So Hamilton, thought I'd bring it up. Okay, <laughs> here's an interesting one. So I actually watched the interview with the uh, the mayor of this town. So Cochrane, I think I'm saying it right. It's in northeastern Ontario. They want to sell. Cochrane and be in BC too? Actually or Alberta? It's a good question. Alberta. Is it Alberta? Outside of Calgary. Okay. If you're outside of Calgary and it's, I'm saying it wrong. Yeah, we're sorry. We are from Ontario. I, I so. think it's yeah. outside of Calgary. <laughs> okay. That's besides the point. While you talk. Okay. Anyways, this is Cochrane, Ontario. They have about 5,000 people that live there and they want to sell residential lots for only $10. So what's the catch? They basically want young people to move there. They want to grow their little town. Um, they think that we have a whole generation, our youth who believe they will never be able to own a home and most would see that as becoming a borderline uh, tragedy. Cochrane plans to sell lots for as low as $10 in hopes of bringing more people to the town. So one thing that is in that town, it's a mining industry. I'm and the baby where it is. Baby boomers. 613 kilometers, eight hours away from here. Okay, <laughs> also. I'm not saying it's Back to <laughs> Alberta. Cochrane is outside of Alberta, uh, Calgary. So that is right. But we're talking about Cochrane, Ontario. Cochrane, Ontario. However, yeah. Cochrane, Alberta, White Rings Bell, my friend just bought there, like a really nice place for like 510000 And I'm like, oh my God, that would mm. be double here. So yeah, Cochrane, yeah. Alberta might be a play too. Yeah. So anyways. <laughs> That's they, so far away. Yeah. Ontario so they're, massive, the, eh? what they want is they want you to build. So they're going to sell you a lot for $10. There hasn't been like a ton of implementation of what it's going to look like. But my understanding and my guess is that you are going to have to have buildings. They're going to work with builders. You're going to have to have plans. It's not going to cost you $10 for a house just for the piece of land. But you can probably build something for five, $600,000 and have a home. Um, in Cochrane. So that's kind of the idea of what they're trying to do. They're trying to t- attract people to their town. Um, so yeah, that's what wow. they're saying. $10 lots. You, $10 you, you lots. won't be able to buy them though and just sit on them forever. You're going to have to no, move there to and you're going to have to like build and have a plan and stuff like that. Probably some sort of clause in there saying that you can't sell it for an, a certain amount of time because mm-hmm. they want people to stay there. But that is what they're trying to accomplish there. So $10 lots are coming. Um, but yeah, you have to move very northeastern. It seems like that's a mining industry up, you know, Sudbury and, and up there in the north. So if mining does kind of blow up with um, yeah. EVs and, and things like that, we might see some uh, some action there. So anyways, that's what's going on Ontario in Cochrane, Ontario. Ontario is so big. Like zooming in on the map, <laughs> it's a, it takes 24 hours to get from Toronto to the top of Ontario. Wow. That is the same distance to drive to Florida. That's an interesting stuff. From Toronto to Florida yeah. or Toronto to 
the top of Ontario mm-hmm. the same amount of time. <laughs> That's insane. Fort yeah, Severin. There was a prime minister in the 1930s. I think he said that Canada's biggest problem is it has too much land or something like that. <laughs> Let's see how long it takes to get to Fort Severin. It won't say there's a way there. It's very well, weird. Boat there after? You have to boat there. Can't find a way there. I'm very confused, but yeah. You're also getting very sidetracked, so let's hop back into the pod. <laughs> <laughs> this is wild because, like, you think about prices, like, you think about how big Ontario is, how big Canada is, mm-hmm. and we're really talking about this much of Canada. And, the and everyone's in flames. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you don't want to live there. There's no jobs. I get all that. Yeah. But um, it's very cold up there, too. <laughs> yeah, it's very cold. But yeah, actually, we had a we had a follower DM us. I actually went to high school with him, and he said that they moved four hours north because it was the only place they could afford. And he had two kids and he needed a house and they went four hours north. Where, what city? I couldn't remember. He he said it to me and I obviously I, I did not four know. Four hours north not. is not even Ottawa. Well, Ottawa's east. East, yeah. So we're talking north. So Barrie is an hour and a half. So what's two and a half hours? So you're past Owen Sound. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're up in, not you're not in Muskoka, obviously, but you're... No. <laughs> up in that direction <laughs> you're up there right you're just you're just in a, t- a small town in ontario and yeah prices are obviously cheaper it doesn't have that much of a demand as as, as we see down here so yeah we get a, we get very fixated on this market here you are right when there are other markets that you can explore but also it's not easy just to leave all your family and friends behind no. you know what's your job up there i don't know what do yeah. you do up there so well anyways. the way the world is trending with ai and everything everything's going to be robots doing the doing everything and you're working from home yeah yeah it's yeah you see that a lot too you are seeing a lot of people like want their um their people to come back to the office because office is hurting so much yeah but um i did see Foch do a video on this he was talking about converting office to residential and it actually made sense because i was always like oh it's way too expensive to do that he's like well it's way more expensive to start over yeah so you might as well (laughs) so yeah, I think, I don't know, I, I think the office thing is, is probably not dead, but... Well, Pierre Polyev is planning to do 6,000... Government buildings. Government buildings yeah, yeah, yeah. and change them to residential. Mm. He's totally going to be the prime minister. 100%. Oh, the polling's like, not even close. It's not even close. Yeah. Like, he will be the new prime minister. It's oh, my just, God, we get roasted for very, talking about it. Like, you guys love him. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I just said he's going to win based off polling yeah, that, I don't, hey, even, just to that like, I don't even use. <laughs> just to, like, <laughs> chime in on our... Pol- political stand is I because people say that people like will hate us a certain way but I'm very much like a broad here's the facts Mm. um there's parts that I agree with on both sides like I try to see both sides and I don't hate Justin Trudeau like I see I don't like absolutely hate. I think that there's a lot of mess in Canada that needs to be cleaned up um and wanting a change for the people that I see suffering, especially in the industry I work in, mm. um, it has to come from a high level. And yeah, there's nothing I can do. Sure. So I, me feeling powerless too, even in my own industry with people that maybe bought on a variable, you know, it's so it's tough. Like a change needs to happen. I think anybody, re- whether you support Justin Trudeau or Pierre Polyev, whoever, I think everybody agrees that a change needs to happen. But there's no way where I'm like so pro this and like huge like feeling in my political yeah. stand. I just want more for Canadians right now. And I see a lot of people struggling and I just want things to pivot a little bit. Yeah. So I that think Canadian politics over the years have always kind of changed in 2015. It yeah, changed and yeah. it'll change again. And the conservatives will, will get into power. And yeah. Um, yeah, I just think 
you know, if, if you, if you like Justin Trudeau, I'm not going to like be upset. Yeah, no, yeah, I mean, like, people are entitled yeah. to, and if you like Pierre Paul, yeah, you're, uh, well, the hate, people, the hate makes no sense. No, to me. It's there's an people in different walks of life Yeah, because they appeal to different demographics based on what their policies kind of go to. Right. Mm-hmm. So somebody that's mortgage free and not on a variable rate and just, you know, doesn't really care about the increases in groceries and stuff. They're fine. They're good. Mm-hmm. Have, right. They're yeah. politics, um, attract different crowds based on where you're at in life. So sure. to hate somebody that, you know, is in a different walk of life and has a different opinion than me. No. Yeah. You're still my, he- <laughs> my human friend. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. <laughs> Anyways, what else you got? Anything else? No. That's it. It's a wrap. It's a good, good episode. Yeah, time to go good furniture time. shopping. Oh my God, that's all you've been doing. <laughs> the only person keeping furniture stores <laughs> in business in a recession I am is Brooke Hicks. <laughs> alone keeping the furniture shops alive. Yeah, you didn't save Bad Boy though, so. I didn't save that? Bad Boy, no, because I've never been. I didn't they even. needed me. Yeah, they really needed your support. <laughs> Anyways, guys, that's all we have for this week. If you're on YouTube, please like and subscribe. Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a review. We really, really appreciate the reviews and appreciate hearing your guys' comments. And if you are on short form stuff, please uh, follow us on Instagram and TikTok. And again, if you guys want to book a call with us, a seller call, a buyer call, or just to chat about the market, it's so easy. You just go and you click the first link in the description below for our calendar and you book a time that uh, suits you. It's just half an hour. It's a Zoom. You're in the comfort of your own home and it's work totally free. Yeah, you get to know us and if you, you know, if you would like to work with People us. People think so. we're so busy and that we don't take on clients from the podcast. Like, don't get me wrong. Like being a realtor is busy, especially if you have things going on. Mm. Um, but no, this is like, I get like all fired up. Yeah. We're not too busy for your business no. or your referrals. I, or we have a whole like team. That. Like there's, yeah. there's a lot of us. We, we don't, we should have the whole team on a podcast one time, but there's, there's a, a good chunk of us um, that work together. So we're so happy to help and share what I've done with my investment portfolio, yeah. or if you're looking to get your first house. But um, if you do book a call, you're not going to be pushed aside. You're going to work with Brooke and myself. So just make yeah. that clear.